welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On today's episode, I welcome in Taylor Sanford, who is the co-founder of Premier Spike, the highest quality round net equipment on the market. And we have a really interesting conversation around how the idea originated and some of the struggles and challenges and hurdles that have to be jumped when you're actually manufacturing a physical product. And being a competitor to Spikeball, which has a massive market share and is kind of the known brand out there, some of the different things that they're trying to do to differentiate themselves uh, and stand out in the market. So I hope you all enjoyed this conversation with Taylor. I know I did. So without further ado, please welcome in Taylor Sanford. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you today. Hey, thanks thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. I'm I'm a sports fanatic, although I don't I don't play too much of what you what you're doing, but um, I don't want to injure myself at 40. But I need to uh, maybe get into that more. So I'm excited to learn about not only the business side of things, but really how you transition because I think there's a lot of folks not just listening to this podcast, but just in general that have an idea, want to go forward with it, but they get stuck. They like get out of the gate, maybe you know after one or two steps and then they stop and they have the, the fear and anxiety and all this stuff comes up. So I wanted to start there if we can, because, and obviously share the details um, that could be helpful, but taking an idea, maybe this is a good starting point. It's this idea already existed. You decided though to say, wait a minute, it could get better. I can improve on this. There's a lot of opportunity here. That's a unique angle that I don't see a ton of people taking. They kind of try to start something new. So can you share a little bit about that? And then obviously weave in any backstory with that that's helpful. Yeah. Um, and honestly, there's a huge backstory. I'll try to try to not get too deep into that side of it. Um, but yeah, so, so you know, I've been in this, this round net community, um, also known as Spikeball. Um, but uh, the sport is uh, technically called round net. Um, for the last five years or so, um, I started kind of a, a hobby business on the side of running tournaments because I wanted to play more. I had played for years prior to that, just in my backyard, like most people do. And, you know, I've kind of, I've always been a serial entrepreneur way back in high school. I was mowing lawns. I, I just didn't do a, a, you know, a typical high school, college job. Um, I was always trying to do my own thing because I wanted to have fun. I had fun with it. Um this, uh, this was a whole new take. So, um, you know, going from, you know, running events, um, you know, that are just fun, people come out, it's exciting, it's fairly easy, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I, I had that background of at least knowing the basics of how to run a business, did an internship back in college, um, you know, worked at a marketing agency for, for a few years as well. And, and so that was just fun. That that was my passion was sports, just like you sports fanatic. Um, But I didn't do that going through college. And so it's like, I just did a normal business administration degree. Um, And I was like, man, like, what am I going to do to not be in an office nine to five job doing whatever that I don't really care about. And so this was kind of my way out. Um, but uh, like I say, everything else kind of came easy. And so when I when I decided to, you know, go up against this competitor that has monopoly on the market, um, 
and that I had been their one of their biggest ambassadors for years. Um, you know, it was it was scary. But I think honestly, I was probably a little naive about it. Um, I thought it would be a lot easier than I it was. I knew it would take a lot more capital um than anything else I had done. Um, and I had some of that. But uh yeah, I mean, starting it was just kind of more of a I just gotta do it. I found a an a partner um who you know kind of pushed into it with me um and like i say it was kind of the start was was easy going through it was not so easy <laughs> well, did you realize like running the events did, did some did you some, sort of realize like okay this is fun but i can't really make a living at this there, there's not enough money in this is it was that uh, an yes, realization you came yes, to or, or yes did you think you could Yes and no. So at first, when I started it, again, it was a hobby. It was, I want to play more. But I realized, like, if I'm putting on these events, I have to work, so I couldn't actually play more. Um, uh, luckily, I had my wife that she would she would hop on and help me so I could play a little bit. But, um, you know, when I first got into it, you know, it's like, oh, here's a weekend we put on a tournament. I make a decent amount of money um, kind of for fun. But, yeah, that was the question was, how do I scale this? You know, if, if this is my way out, this is my way to, like, really start being doing something I'm passionate about how do I scale this which it hadn't been done before um to have uh at least in this round net community uh, to have someone go do it full time who doesn't work for Spikeball um and so I said well let's just give it a go maybe it's a pipe dream but five ten years down the road let's do it um three years down the road I actually quit my day job so I quit my day job in 2021 um and it scaled it to the point that I was making a decent, decent enough living. I, I have a wife, uh, you know, she's an attorney now as well. So uh, that's helpful. But uh, yeah, I mean, I actually had turned that into my full time job, um, just doing events. So this was more, all right, what else can I do? I was successful at that, maybe a little bored, I needed a new project. Yeah, um, type of deal. What was there an aha moment for Premier Spike? Yes. Um, I don't know if it was an aha moment or uh, more of a, a, I need to do something on my own. Uh, the partnership that I had um, with with Spikeball um, was a little bit kind of falling apart. And so I kind of decided that, okay, I need to do something on my own. Um, I've made them a lot of money. Um, and I think that I can probably start putting that money into my pocket instead of theirs. Well, so like with Spikeball, obviously, and you look at the, the game itself, is there any patents on it or anything? Like, I'm kind of curious of that, of like, how did, is there anything to get around with that? Or how, how did you work through that? Yeah, so, I mean, they, they've got knockoff brands. Um, there's, uh, uh, their CEO did a podcast earlier this year. And, you know, they he's mentioned there's probably about 40 different knockoff brands. Oh, wow. uh, we're the first brand that's coming out to like be a premium version of theirs. Um, so they do have some certain design patents. Um, but the, the net itself, the game itself was invented back in the 80s by a guy named Jeff Knurik. Um, He was a toy inventor. And um, so he invented it way back then. And so a lot of people think that it was, you know, invented by Spikeball Inc., uh, as they are today. So anyway, so the, the game itself, the uh, overall design um, isn't patented. Uh, they have certain design elements, um, things that we actually 
I feel like we fixed. Um, and then we have our own uh, patents pending as well. Mm. So, I mean, really, because you were so close to the game and you played, you got to talk to all these people, you really had a firsthand look of like, all right, these are things that are really cool, working well. God, there's a handful of things over here that could be improved on. Why not try it? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we had, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly, not to toot my own horn, but I'm a fairly, uh, you know, big influencer within this competitive round net community. It's a niche community, uh, but it's, it's worldwide. Um, and, you know, this, my first, you know, job or business that I did within this of Utah round net running events um, quickly became one of the biggest organizations running round net events. Um, and so this is back in 2018, 2019. And so it gained a lot of traction. Um, I started traveling for fun to play myself, uh, throughout, uh, the spike ball tour series throughout the U S so met a lot of the, the upper level players. Uh, they started traveling to Utah to play in some of my events. Um, in 2020, we actually had a, uh, a quarantined spike house. Um, I had a basement with a mother-in-law apartment that people had moved out and someone reached out and said, Hey, we're going to come quarantine your house for the next month. And we're just going to have a spike house. So yeah, I, I had, you know, a lot of the influencers, um, these top level players that, uh, that, you know, I knew very well, I'm close friends with. Um, and then on the other side of things is on the organize organizers. Um, so the, the people who are doing what I was doing in other States and other countries, um, a lot of them would reach out to me. Uh, they would reach out to Spikeball and Spikeball would forward their, uh, forward them to me and say, Hey, here's Taylor Sanford. Um, you know, he'd be happy to help you, uh, which I was. And so, you know, through, through the years, I was able to build up that, you know, networking, uh, you know, influencer, um, with all these people that are within this niche community. How, uh, well, let me, let me go here quick that I, I want to go into the the actual engineering side of it. I'm really intrigued by how you kind of tested that out, but you said the, the beginning was easy. When did it get hard? Well, <laughs> uh, when I actually had to start really doing things, that's when it got hard. When, uh, so, um, I, I, I'll go into kind of a little bit of the engineering. You can ask me some follow-up questions, but, uh, you know, we started it. My, one of my buddies here, um, was kind of cutting his teeth in engineering and had a 3d printer. Um, he had actually come to me of, of, you know, the year before, um, saying, Hey, I've got these, you know, these ideas of how to improve, uh, basically have attachments for the spike ball net, um, to make it more stable. Uh, make it so it doesn't bend and, and whatnot. So I knew he was like already intrigued by it. And so when I had, you know, I'd, I'd drawn out, you know, a design on paper. Um, I'm like, well, let me go to him. And so I said, hey, Adam, uh, his name's Adam Calder, by the way. Let me give him a shout out. Um, I'm like, Adam, can you help me bring this to life? And so he had a little 3D printer. And I didn't know how 3D printing worked. I'm like, oh, just print me something up. And uh, and he had to do a lot of little segments Um and we had a whole bunch of prototypes that were just 3D printed. Um, this was back in 2022. And so all year, we kind of very secretly uh, created this, tested different things with, with some of our local players here um, until we, we figured out kind of what our design was, which leads into what was really difficult for me, which was figuring out, okay, I've got to go to a manufacturer. And luckily, I had a, a good contact, um, a good referral that's worked out well. Um, but then distri distribution, 
was the biggest nightmare. Um, trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to best store, ship, freight, um, and do it worldwide. Because I knew, um, I knew from the get-go that this wasn't just going to be a USA thing because uh, the European market is really quickly growing. Um, and, and I knew I had to, I had to have my hand in that pot. And so, um, figuring out, okay, how do I, how do I work with European VAT, Canadian VAT? Um, now looking at, we've got a, a partnership in Asia, um, and figuring out how to distribute all these, 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 these products everywhere. And it costs a lot more money than we initially expected because we were just thinking, okay, we'll just bring everything to the U.S. and ship it. Well, it's too expensive to ship from here. So, um, yeah, so distribution has been the the biggest headache for sure. What, what's a VAT? Uh, taxes, so a value-added tax. Oh, value-added yep, Just tax. sales tax. That's what, yeah, they call it everywhere else. Okay. So when you were initially designing with a 3D printer, obviously you're just, you know, it's pretty much like it's hard plastic for lack of a better, you know, phrase. Um, how did you know though, what materials, so this is my, I want to get deeper into this of like, you obviously have a price point that you're probably going to sell this thing at. There's a cost to make it. You have to make certain margin. Like how did you test different materials or did you know anything about what materials were on the market to put into the, uh, the premier spike product? You know, a, a lot of it, we, I relied on, on people, on our partners that we worked with. Um, you know, so like I say, so our, our, uh, manufacturing company, um, you know, they helped us out kind of finalize that design, you know, Adam had, had it with his 3d printer, but obviously, you know, there's elements that work on a 3d printer that don't work for plastic injection. Um, and so, you know, they were, they were very helpful, um, to help us create it, bring it to, you know, life in that regard, um, and make sure it was sturdy. Um, and really it was, you know, just talking with other people who had been through this, um, a, a couple people I had met, uh, over the past couple of years that were just kind of getting into their own product manufacturing. Um, and I just took them to lunch I just said, Hey, what advice do you have for me? Cause I don't know this world. Um, and same thing with, with our freight partners. I say, I don't know. You know, I don't know the difference between how to how to ship things in with a whole lot of different types of you know customs in, importing. Um, and I said, "Can you guys just help me do it the best way?" Um, you know, and interviewed a whole bunch of different uh, third party logistic companies, and really we went with the people who were just most helpful because I you know I don't know anything, and I I knew that, and I don't want to know everything. Um, but I'm happy to rely on on people that I trust that can make sure that we get it done right. How many different iterations did you go through? Um, of of prototyping, uh, we probably went through five or so, probably five like main ones, and then like um, a handful more of like like minor minor testing. So the biggest the biggest test was how to uh, have our legs connect to the rim. So um uh, and 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 you know making sure that it was strong enough um but yet could fall you know be taken apart mm -hmm. um and so you know we tried magnets we tried diff bigger magnets we tried all sorts of things and so uh finally realized we you know the snap connection that we went with um 
but yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, there's a lot of about, yeah, five big prototyping and then a lot of different kind of just small connections, making sure we got it the right way. Mm. How did you know when you were done? Because this is a big thing comes up. Like, you know, we always want to do it perfect, quote unquote. How did you like yeah. make a decision? Like, we got to ship this thing. You know, um, I don't know, because we're, we're not even there, right? I mean, like, we have a product that I'm super happy with, uh, but we're not done. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, this is this is a new sport. Um, you know, there's really only been tournaments happening for a decade um, now, about 2013, I think was one of the first like time tournaments were really popping up. Um, and there's a lot of discussion about equipment and equipment changes and um, and going into this, like, you know, we were trying to improve upon what was on the market, um, but we knew that we weren't going to get our final iteration right now um, because one, I don't have enough money to, to really invest into all, you know, getting super innovative yet. Um, but really, you know, it came down to, we've got this prototype. It works really well. Um, we had people test it. They really enjoyed it. Um, we had a manufacturer that could help us uh, to really make it work with plastic injection. And obviously they sent us some prototypes. We had to make a couple of changes to make sure they were stronger. Um, and then, you know, you just, you just get to a point where it's like, yeah, this is killer. Um, and this is going to do, do great things for our sport. So from the business side of it, you mentioned, obviously spike balls, like the, the behemoth, right. That's out right. there. There's certain, you know, ripoffs and stuff, but going into it, like how do you know how much market share you have to get, get to even make this profitable? Like, how, can you share a little bit about how you thought about the business side of it away from just the yeah. product in general? Yeah. You know, and, and so that's the side of things that, that came easy to me. Um, you know, obviously this was a lot, a lot larger scale than some of the other, you know, business hobby, hobby businesses I had done where, you know, hop on an Excel spreadsheet, say, okay, it's going to cost me this and this and this and this. These are what they sell for. Um, you know, working with the manufacturer, we know, okay, this many is going to come in a container, um, you know, all of that. And so, so really, you know, I would just break down the numbers. Um, and I, I love that, um, you know, I'm a big budget accounting guy. Um, so really it was, it was just kind of digging in and saying, okay, this is going to be the, the cost. This is going to be the sales price. These are all the um, you know, expenses that go into it, which that I missed the ballpark on a lot. There's a lot more operating expenses than, than you think of. Um, what caught you off guard? Uh, freight, customs and taxes, um, accounting, uh, like paying accounting services for, you know, to, to actually file for you. Um, storage uh probably underestimated a lot of a lot of marketing um and honestly i thought sales i thought i was a little naive when it comes to the sales side of things um you know i knew i knew that you know hey we've got a, a great product and i know all these people um and you know we're going to do some pre-sales we did great we sold about fifty thousand worth of pre-sales um and then all of a sudden i'm like well where is all that money? Cause it's all gone back into everything else. And so, you know, we sponsored some players, um, you know, paid some marketing agencies to do some stuff for us. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I finally had to go through and like, all right, where's our money going? 
but it was all like legitimate places. It's just, yeah, it, it adds up. Did you have a set budget? You don't, if you don't want to mention it, you don't have to, but I'm curious if you had a set budget and then how much you exceeded that budget maybe in the last yeah. year. Um, so yeah, so I, I had done some real estate, um, you know, in the past mentioned kind of, you know, rental properties. Um, so I had about a, about a hundred thousand, um, in my bank account, obviously I didn't want to spend all of that, but you know, upfront, I mean, there was just the, to pay for the tooling, um, which is about $30,000. And then the first shipment, um, that right there was right about 80 to 90. Um, and so, and I, I, we did get a small business loan, um, for part of it. Cause I didn't want to just, you know, get rid of all of my personal savings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so, so the amount that we initially put in was, a was probably about 20 to 30,000 over what I expected or planned to. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a lot of that was the necessities to get into, Europe, um, and, and Canada, um, just, just extra, extra freight and accounting services for those. Um, but then again, like, so, so that's that, but then it's like, okay, the sales came in, but like, you know, I'm not paying myself yet. It's because we're, we're like staying afloat. We're saving up to put money in for our next shipment. Um, and, and so that's kind of where it's like, okay, our initial investment wasn't, wasn't too far off. Uh, but we haven't been able to pay it back yet. So that that's kind of where it's like, Ooh, all right, we gotta, we gotta sell a lot faster um, than we are because hey, I, I thought people would, would get the pre-orders. They would, you know, show their friends um, and they would buy it, which, you know, a lot have, but I forget that our market is very often poor college students. And so, you know, for me, I think, Oh, I, I need a hundred dollar product. You know, if I really want it, I just buy it. Um, you know, kind of realizing that, you know, our demographic isn't necessarily the mid thirties, middle-class mm. person. What, uh, what is the price difference on average? Um, so, so uh, for spike ball has a, a spike ball pros kit. That's $99. Um, we sell ours for one twenty nine, um, okay. And, uh, and then spike ball just came out with their new mammoth kit um, that uh, sells for two ninety nine. So, um the uh yeah so i mean we're more than that pro kit much less than the mammoth kit um i don't i don't necessarily want to say what i think about that that uh product that's okay yeah but, I mean, uh, yeah there, there could be multiple products in the market what, yeah, what exactly. do you i mean what do you feel like in terms of improving again and i'm i'm taking this from a novice i've played it a handful of times um but in terms of round it in general, what are maybe the one or two key differentiators that you decided to change from the, 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 the biggest thing is, um, our net has essentially a, a, a solid rim. And so it still breaks down into, into five individual rims, but the rims snap into each other and they don't twist and turn. Um, and then the legs snap to the bottom of the rims. So on a, on a spike ball set and then pretty much every, every knockoff brand out there, um, the rims go into the leg, um, and then, but there, you know, it's a round, it's a round peg that goes in allowing the net to wobble a little bit. Um, you know, sometimes if you tighten too much, it ends up in a Pringle shape. Um, 
And to be honest, the plastic just isn't that high quality um, where it's still bending. And so one of the big frustrations from my players, so this was kind of, you know, something that that over the years was like a frustration is one broken rims all the time without even playing on it just from like storing them um you know you keep that net tight they bend and then they end up breaking um and but then the the playing surface the playing surface is again you tighten it too much um it ends up in a pringle shape it's an oval and people are traveling the world to play to play this game um and so, you know, it's essentially the, the bit, best comparison I come up with is it's like playing on one of those portable basketball hoops that you put water in the base of it and mm. you drag it out onto your street to play. It's like playing that versus, you know, a cemented basketball hoop or, you know, whatever's in a gym. Um, and so that's what, what our net does is it's very stable. It's about, uh, it's about two and a half times heavier. So it doesn't move around on the ground. Uh, the rims are extremely strong. Um, I actually ran it over with my car just to see if it would withhold, would hold up, and it did. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's super strong. And, again, I'm just super pleased with when I got the first, like, real real net, which actually what I've got right here. It's the very first one we got and pulled it out of the packaging, and I was just floored. It was just, oh, it's so good. Mm, that's awesome, man. And it's probably good to feel that product in your hands, you know, for the first time. Yeah, you know, and and you know, they sent us two, you know, that first shipment, the two were like, okay, yeah, but we we want you know a few more just to make sure quality control. And so I got I got the next five, and I was like, oh, like because I just kept it, you know, keep them together. I don't take them apart and and everything. And so I I took these other ones out of the box, and every time I do, I'm like, oh man, this is such a nice product. I'm so happy with it. You mentioned the sales side of it. I wanted to go back to that briefly. Are you just selling online? Are you trying to get into retailers? And, and how do you think about that? And, or at least, and maybe how do you bang down those doors? Yeah. Um, so, and we're in, in process of that. So the one thing of, you know, when I say, you know, naive to sales, um, that's because so far we've only been doing organic sales. Um, so we actually just partnered with, with uh, um, actually my uh, kind of business mentor um, since college. Uh, and we're going to kind of pick up on the, on the marketing side of things, but everything we've done is organic. Um, just from my influence that I have me reaching out to organize organizers around the world, um, sponsoring teams, things like that. So, uh, so we haven't done paid advertising yet. Um, and yeah, so, so we're going to get, you know, get that turned on, uh, get on Amazon, um, because right now everything's just direct from our website. And, uh, but yeah, once we do that, get a little hold in the market, start reaching out to retailers, um, and go from there. But yeah, that, that's going to be a whole, a whole new beast for, for me to learn and tackle, uh, in 2024. Yeah. Cause the retail side, and again, I'm not, I don't know a ton about this, so I'm kind of just curious what you've dug into already, because if they already have spike ball there would they have a competing product i guess if it sells they might try it right yeah you know i mean i mean think you've got in every other sport like you know a, a store doesn't just have one brand right i mean you don't, you don't just have yeah. spalding basketballs in a dick sporting goods um you don't just have one shoe brand so um you know there there's going to be some distributors that you know might have an exclusive um you know arrangement with spike ball um 
And there's been a few times that like, I can tell that Spikeball's trying to start pushing the exclusivity because uh, now they, you know, have a legitimate competitor coming, at least coming to the scene. Not that we're by any means, you know, really, really, you know, taking their market share yet because they are such a mammoth. But, um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're, there's a personal relationship that I have had with, with them. And so, you know, they definitely know of us at least and, mm. and all that. Mm. So what do you think? And you've been, what, a year-ish doing this. What's like the next year hold? What are you excited about? What are things you're, you're maybe thinking yeah, about? So- so 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 we we got our our first shipment of products uh this august so um we started uh started marketing or doing pre-sales in february um and so this next year it's really you know seeing how you know where we can really how how much we can sell um you know like i say turning on paid ads um and then getting into events doing larger events um uh, to compete with the Spikeball Tour series over this next year, um, and then you know communication with uh, different national governing bodies uh, to get into their tournaments, sponsoring um, you know state organizations, um, and you know and really that's kind of where it's it's just continually pushing to see okay let's get more let's get more let's get more um, like I say I started this because I you know I kind of felt like okay I, I did utah round net and i was successful and i need a new project uh this is going to be a project that's going to be a lot more <laughs> take a lot more time uh to really you know reach to the the catalyst before i'm like okay maybe need something new so yeah i mean it, it's just going to be continually figuring out different partnerships um you know we have some some distribution uh partners that are just a guy out of his garage in canada that we ship a couple pallets to and he fulfills for us. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, you know, going big in all the, all the countries um, where we have legitimacy um, in retailers within distribution and all that. Now you mentioned the, the spike ball tournaments. Did they not, again, novice question here, did they not yeah. make them like you have to use spike ball at those tournaments or they could use whatever product they want? So, yeah. So, so, so the spike ball tour series that is run by spike ball Inc. Um, and so obviously they are going to use their own product. Um, but you have, uh, you know, you have G- other round net tournaments, right? Which again, nobody knows what round net is hardly. Um, but you you have these other tournaments that are run by you know other organize, organizers, and again they've all everyone's always used Spikeball because that that you know has been the only name brand um, you know up to this point, and so um, you know but they they can choose whatever they want to do um, you know our our equipment is it's the same you know standards the same size as Spikeball which meets the USA Roundnet. Um, and International Roundnet Federation guidelines. So, you know, our products can be used in in any of those tournaments. It all just depends on if it's if it's sponsored by Spikeball, mm-hmm. they're going to be using Spikeball tournaments. But if it's sponsored by Premier Spike, they'll use ours. And anything else, they can use whatever they want. Right, right now this year, again, just kind of a, a few months into it, and towards the tail end of the season, um, you know, there are a lot of people who. You know, they they'd only bought, you know, wanted to test it out and they only bought a handful of our nets um, and kind of saved them for like 
you know, the, the featured court or the semifinals and finals, um, you know, as they realize that, oh, our players do really like them. Um, there's been a, a Canadian tournament that they, you know, went all out and, and uh, just used all of our sets after they realized they liked them. So that's really a big push that we're going to make in 2024 is getting organizations to run tournaments exclusively on Premier Spike um, as their players kind of demand that. Are you going to create the Premier Spike League? Uh, it's it's definitely uh, a thought in my mind. It's a question that's been I've been asked a lot. Yeah. Um, if I'm being honest, I don't think that's what should happen. Um, I I believe for the growth of this sport that tournaments should be hosted and organized by an independent organization. There's USA Roundnet. Um, I really think they should they should kind of step up with Roundnet Canada and kind of take over the main tour series. Um, and that way, individual events can be hosted by, uh, you know, these local Roundnet organizations, and they can choose what they prefer. Um, you know, obviously, then, then we just sponsor the events. Um, you know, it kind of takes that power out of our hands and puts it into where it should be, which is with the, you know, nonprofit governing bodies. Um, in Europe, they do it really well. Um, they have the European tournament series, which Spikeball has sponsored, um, you know, some of those tournaments, but it's run through the European Roundnet Association. Um, and that way, you know, they do what's best for the sport without having to worry about, you know, corporate interests coming into it. Because there there have been some things that, um, you know, top players over the years have been very frustrated that there's been moves taken by Spikeball Inc., to benefit the company that maybe doesn't benefit the players or the the tournament series itself um so it's one of those things I, i'm pushing for usa roundnet um to take over some of that because that's where i think the best thing for the sport is um but if that doesn't happen then absolutely we're going to step in and create premier spec league and it's funny that you say premier spec league because that's exactly what i've been thinking of calling it you know it's not a premier spike tournament series it's i, I think of it as the premier spike league so mm, there you go yeah it's interesting that you say it yeah. break it breaking news <laughs> um cool so let's end on this obviously there's a lot of advice you can share but someone that's getting started someone has an idea they, they want to do something a little different what's the first step they could take if you're th if you think about your journey and all the different things you've done What's the first step that's been the most impactful? Kind of maybe it resonates throughout the different businesses you've had. The first thing is to do, do something you're passionate about. Um, if you're just, uh, for me, if I'm just doing something to make money, that's what I was trying to get out of, right? I mean, that, that, this, was, this sport has been my escape from that. Um, you've got to do something that's passionate because it is a whirlwind. Um, there have been... I mean, there's probably on a weekly basis, something comes up and I just feel like I'm hopeless. This isn't going to work. How am I ever going to succeed at this? Um, and if I didn't have a passion into it, like I'd give up. Um, and, and you see that a lot. Um, people say, oh, I've got this idea. Um, but there, if there's no passion behind it, there's no drive, you're not going to get through those hurdles. Um, and if you again there's a lot of hurdles that come up whether it's financial 
whether it's just, you know, business hurdles and a lot of emotional hurdles. Um, and you've got to have that drive and that passion in order to push through it. Taylor, this is a lot of fun, man. Where, uh, where can everyone say hello to you? Where's the best spot to go get from your spike? Yeah. Um, our website is just premierspike.com. Um, we're on social media at premier.spike on Instagram and TikTok, um, Facebook as well. Uh, but yeah, and you know, head to our website, uh, it's where you can buy everything, but, uh, yeah, slide into any DMS on any social media feed and, uh, I'm the one running it. So, <laughs> um, just hit me up directly. Sounds good. Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate your insight. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Hey everyone, and just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianandraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.